What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of OT Takes, Overtime Takes, whatever you want to call it. Today, I was I hinted at it yesterday in, in the draft special. I've got a fantastic guest on today who goes by the name of Zach Gray. What's up, man? Hey, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Hey, I'm I'm fantastic. I'm I'm so glad you're on, man. This is going to be great. So for I those- knew... I I knew when you when you hit me up and, and we were about to talk about sports I knew it was about to be something crazy. Yeah, I'm oh I'm excited. So for those of you who don't know who Zach Gray is, he's a former, I guess, coach is what you were that one year. Yeah. So he he's a former coach of mine at Henderson State. Uh me and him, we'd go at it all the time and everywhere about every sport. Now, ju- just to warn you, ZG, this is not freshman Jonathan Smith who just says Whatever comes to his mind. Okay, I'm a much more thoughtful person now when it comes to sports. So I, I hope you're ready for this. I just know if it's anything like when I was in Arkansas, you're about to get destroyed. <laughs> but it's not, though. That's the thing. All right, so I know talking to you yesterday, you want to talk about the Bengals and the Browns drafts. You both had really good drafts. So kind of give me your first impressions of, of their drafts. Well, I'm an Ohio guy. I don't know if, if uh, you said that or not, but I'm an Ohio guy, so... Uh, and I run with the Bengals. Um, obviously, when you have the first overall pick, it's kind of hard to mess that up, you know, especially with a guy like Burrow. Um, but when you look at, like, the Bengals draft, um, I really look at the, the later round picks. You know, they got that linebacker from Notre Dame. I think uh, I think coming out in the second round and getting T. Higgins, um, especially with the with the A.J. Green stuff, we don't know whether he'll hold out or, or uh, if he'll be on the field. So I think T. Higgins is a great pick. Um, and I know I'm projecting a little too far, but I'm I'm hearing Jamar Chase next year. There you go. <laughs> Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase team up, but but yeah, I think the Bengals had a had a good draft. Like I said, it's hard to mess up a draft when you have the first overall pick. Yeah, well, they have the um, first pick in just about every round too, which helps. Right. Um, and as far as the other team in Ohio, uh, the Dirty Browns, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like I said, I don't know if I if I necessarily like taking Delpit there in the second. Um, I thought I did last night when we were talking. But yeah, I was, looking I was at like, it you were all in on it last night. What, what happened? What, what what changed? Well, you know, he had, his production was crazy his junior season, and then he had some tackling issues last year and stuff, and that's, I just think – That's fair, yeah. I think with the way that they're heading, they needed some guys with some, like, with sure, like, time ability. Like, I think that's he's, fair. like, one of those hit-or-miss guys, I think, in the second there – Especially after he dropped, some teams saw some things they probably didn't like. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and one thing about the Browns, uh, Donovan People Jones for Michigan. Yes. Duke can play. I, I, I like that pick. Former five star. Yep. Um, I have some history with the, old, the Wolverines up there, the team up north. <laughs> um, he just never developed right there. Well, I don't know what happened. I, just, I think it's tough for receivers to really shine in like a pro-style offense, especially in college when you compare it to other teams who, who run the spread and run five wide and throw the ball 60 times a game. Whereas, you know, Michigan, they're going to run it 30 and throw it like 40. So I definitely think it's tougher to shine. And just the scheme isn't beneficial for wide receivers like, like Joe Burrow, right? Numbers right. are very average. They go to the spread and all of a sudden he's – he puts up arguably the best quarter, the best season for a college quarterback ever. So I, I definitely think that that's part of that is the system. But I mean, he definitely has the tools. He's definitely athletic enough to be a good a good wideout in the NFL. Right. I think th- uh, those Michigan picks. I think 
sorry, this isn't really about uh, the you're draft. Good. But, you're good. Uh, I think these Michigan picks here, I think those Michigan players have a chance to really pop when they get to the NFL. Um, I think that in college, I don't know if they're developed necessarily the best, um, yeah. especially guys like Peoples Jones who, who come in all, like with all the top schools recruiting him, um, five-star guy, and then and then doesn't really have like the most uh, overwhelming career. I think him in the sixth is is probably their best pick. Really, I like they got um, Worfs, I believe is his name. I'm blanking on him. I I, I can look at him. yeah. Uh, no, Jedrick Willis, their offensive tackle, is who they took in their their first pick. No no excuses this year, uh, Baker Mayfield. Like you you've got everything. You've got your your left tackle that's fixed. Fantastic uh, core of wide receivers. The defense is going to be good. So the Browns better be good this year. You know me. I'm I'm I may have to. Get get on to Baker on here because you know I'm I'm not a a Baker Mayfield guy as much as other people. You're the new Colin Cowherd, dude. <laughs> hey, he makes a lot of money, so I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. <laughs> so that's so. What about what are some? What, are there any other teams that you were like I really like their draft or teams where you're like What are you doing? You know. Now, this may be biased because I'm a I'm like I said I'm a Bengals guy. What in the heck were the Steelers doing? You don't like the Steelers draft? I oh, I don't man. know whether or not I'm like Oh god, my bad. It's, I don't know whether or take. not I'm like like biased and I just hate all of their picks. I just I don't see it, man. Like Dude, I just I don't see it. They took okay. They took Chase Claypool in the second round and when they did that, I got so excited. Do you, do you know who that is? Chase he's Claypool. That, he's that big dude, right? He's that fast big old dude. receiver. Big, fast dude. And, dude, he's going to help them stretch the field without with, with, with Antonio Brown leaving. Like, he, he for me, he fits perfectly in their system because they, they draft great wide receivers, right? Like, they never miss when it comes to drafting wide, to, to draft well, wide receivers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They, they've missed, dude. Martavis Bryant missed. He was uh, good. I mean, he wasn't a one, but he was. He's. I mean, he played what six years in the NFL. He he's played a while. Kinda. Who I mean, who was the one that got caught smoking? Was that Martavis Bryant, or was I'm, that uh? I'm not sure to be honest. Well, he got kicked out of the league. One of the receivers got kicked out of the league. Now, like I said, a lot of this is me just coming from hating the Steelers. That's fair. So, I I just don't know. And they they got a they got an edge rusher from Charlotte in the third. Um, I don't. Know. I don't I mean, I don't know anything about them, and like, I just, I don't know. I just think that they, I think that they, uh, their draft is going to be good. If I'm really, really digging into my honest truth, I think they're <laughs> going to be good. But I hope it's not. I really do. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So, what did you think about the Packers taking Jordan Love and the Eagles taking Jalen Hurts? <sighs> Man, to be honest with you, um, one of my best friends is a Packers fan, so. I had to get his take on it to really understand what they're trying to do over there. Um, and to say the least, he's not very happy. Um, I wouldn't be uh, either. And you know Aaron Rodgers is pissed. I mean, you come off a 13-win season, one win, one win away from a Super Bowl with one of the most talented quarterbacks ever, man. And you go out and you take a, a project, really, what in the first round with your first pick. Um, when there were guys like T. Higgins on the board, um, and you trade it up. They didn't take a single wide receiver, like the the entire draft, and that to me was just unacceptable. And they didn't really do much to help out their uh, their uh, defensive line either, because if you watched them play, 
know, two of their losses came to the 49ers, and they just lined it up and ran the ball right up the middle and ran for like 200 yards. And they didn't do anything to kind of help beef up the middle of that defense. And, you know, when you have Aaron Rodgers, receivers, they're, they're definitely important, but they're not as important. So, yeah, they, they didn't draft a wide receiver. I was just disappointed that they didn't do anything for the middle of their defense where I, I feel like they needed the most help. Right. Didn't didn't uh, the Niners last year just absolutely gash them in that game? They did. Wasn't that the, wasn't, didn't they score like six rushing touchdowns or something like that? Yeah, I think – I don't remember the, the exact number, but I think in the first half of each game combined, they outscored them like 40-something to like three. Like it wasn't even close. And then, right. you know – I remember watching them play the Eagles on Monday Night Football, and the Eagles did the exact same thing. They just they took the ball, lined up in an eye formation, and ran it right up the middle. And the Packers couldn't do anything about it. So that's where I was really, you know, upset. And you know, the receiver thing too, because this is maybe the deepest receiver draft they've ever had, right? I think they had 14 wide receivers go between the second and third round, and that didn't include Ruggs, C.D. Lamb, and uh, Jerry Judy in the first. So there was just so many opportunities for them to really kind of improve where their weaknesses were, and they just didn't. I'm looking at it right now, man, and like even AJ Dillon in the second, a tight end in the third, which like, isn't bad, but the, that but like they're, they're wanting to play that tight end at fullback. They're not you even want they don't the, even want like to play the with needs, tight end. Though. Yeah, think about like the needs per like. Um, I mean, you looked, you watched the Packers game last year, and like he's Devontae Adams had that injury. Um, and, and it's just like their offense at times was just stagnant and didn't, it didn't, didn't work. Yeah. And, and, and ev- everybody blamed it on the, Oh, it's a new system. They're getting used to the new system, but the problem was, was personnel as well. So, I mean, they I they won I'm, 13 I'm games you. too. Like, I know. And like, then that's good. even more of a reason to go out and get somebody that can, that can impact it, get yeah, you like, over that hump. They're, they're in a win now window, right? Like you got arguably the most talented quarterback ever and, you know, talking to uh, on the podcast yesterday, uh, uh, the guy ha- the guy I had on uh, Edward Farrow, he he made a great point. He's like, you've had Hall of Fame quarterbacks for the past twenty something years, and you've only got two Super Bowl wins to show for it. Like that's not good. Like like yeah, like you won two Super Bowls, but between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, you should have like four or five, and right. that is all on the management side of things. Well, for the longest time, I feel like the Packers never went through free agency. I feel like the la- the first time I remember the first time I remember them signing someone was an old Julius Peppers, like, yeah, like a big splash signing. So I they they like to build through the draft. So when you have drafts like this, when you have an opportunity to make your team better now, and then you look for the future, it's kind of like what do you what's your direction here? What are you thinking? I mean, they they did the same thing with with Brett Favre drafting Aaron Rodgers all those years ago, and I mean. You know, it's somebody's job there, you know, to worry about 2025, 2026. Yeah. But, you know, next year is going to be a deep quarterback class. I don't know why they couldn't have just waited one year and then drafted somebody next year. So, what about uh, Jalen Hurts? What, what do you think about kind of him going in, in the second round? See, I, I don't mind the pick. I, I figured that the Eagles were going to draft a quarterback at some point. I just think that they went a round or two too soon on Jalen Hurts. Ah, man, like I said last night, I told you I didn't like it. And then I woke up this morning with a different thought. I was like, I, I, they have a guy there that can play. Yeah. Carson Wentz, that's that's uh, that's probably my best, easiest take I'll have is that Carson Wentz <laughs> can play football. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, at the same time, man, like 
you can't really go all in with a with a guy like uh, with like a, a Eason or, or somebody that that could like you can't you can't have that especially can't waste a pick on that when you already have a franchise quarterback. I think yeah. the Jalen Hurts thing is like we'll bring him in, we'll, we'll see what he has. I mean, he has a bunch of versatility. He can do a lot of things. Um, if Carson Wentz does get hurt, we have an athletic guy back there who can manage the offense and and stuff but well uh, I, I, I saw this stat this morning when I was going when I was going through Twitter so the the Eagles have played five playoff games since they drafted Carson Wentz and in those five playoff games Carson Wentz has only played in one and he's only thrown four passes total so geez. like the backup quarterback matters obviously after reading that stat I just don't know why they couldn't have waited you know like they, they could have drafted Hurts in the third round and if they didn't get him a quarterback who is very underrated and that people don't like anymore for some reason is Jake Fromm, who I think is going to be it. a good NFL quarterback. Stop whoa, it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. Stop you got to let dude. me finish here. Here we go. Now we're starting with the crazy takes, Jonathan. Let's go, dude. Okay, let's let's look at Jake Fromm, right? Freshman, what is he? Okay, hold on. Fre- Before freshman you and sophomore start. Year, freshman and sophomore year at Georgia, he absolutely lit it up, and people were excited talking this guy could be the number one overall pick, right? Then all of his wide receivers leave. And if, if you watch him play his junior year, he's throwing he's trying to throw the ball in into windows the size of a tin can. Right? Like he finished second in career passing touchdowns at Georgia and had a terrible junior year. Okay, the guy's accurate. He doesn't have the biggest arm. Like his arm's very average, which is fine for a backup quarterback. Like you don't need a superstar as a backup quarterback. You just need a guy who can come in, manage the system, which Jake Fromm can do, and complete a few third and fives. And he, like that's something that Jake Fromm is very capable of doing. Well, Jonathan, I think you're wrong on all accounts with everything you just said. I don't think you made one good point that entire time. Because listen, you know who he sounds a lot like? Who, who, Matt who Barkley. He is. He's literally going to be Matt Barkley. I don't. I, his combine, he couldn't push the ball down the field. He yeah, couldn't, he couldn't make those strong throws. I mean, his arm's very average, but. We're not looking for for a superstar here. Like we're looking for, you know, just an. We're looking for somebody who can come in and manage an offense, which I think, you know, Jake Fromm can do. I, I so. think where I think where Jake Fromm got picked is where he deserved to be picked. And and as for like all the passing, as for all like the passing and the passing statistics and stuff like that that you said for Georgia, um, you know who leads. Back to my Ohio roots. You know who leads Ohio State in all of their quarterback statistics career? JT Barrett. So I, I don't take much stock into uh, into college uh, cumulative stats. It just means you played a lot. I think Jake Fromm. Um, I don't know how we got to Jake Fromm because I think he's honestly like gonna be out of the league in three years. Um, yeah, but, but I think the the Jalen Hurts pick there is is a little infinitely better than <laughs> than Jake Fromm. Well, I'm just saying that, like, if you – and even if you don't want Jake Fromm, you could take uh, Eason out of out of Washington, right? I mean, like, either one of those guys I think would have been fine as backup quarterbacks. That, that was kind of the point I was trying to make. Right, and I I agree with you there, but I, I see Eason as a potential starter, franchise-type guy. I think he has that ceiling. Um, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think that if you take him there, it's kind of like you're, you're – 
you're uh, you have two franchise quarterbacks there, I think, and I think it just it wouldn't work. I think Jalen Hurts is a good fit because you're not expecting a whole lot out of him. That's fair. You know, but- you know you're just expecting him to come in and and be him and be athletic and, and not necessarily uh, challenge Wentz when it comes to the starting job. Because you know when Nick Foles came in and and there was that big that big debate about guys in the locker room wanted Foles over Wentz and stuff like that. You just don't want that again. Agreed. Yeah, I I, I agree with that, but. Back to Eason. Do you know who took Eason's starting job at Georgia? Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm? Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, he also took Justin Fields' job too, dude. Like, he, <laughs> they made a bad decision. Like, they just made a bad decision. I think that they were Would just... Would you rather have Justin Fields oh, or Jacob Eason Justin or Jake Fields, Fromm? Justin Fields, no doubt. Definitely Justin Fields. I think that's just Kirby Smart being loyal to his guy, honestly. Which, I mean... Which is definitely questionable looking at the year that Justin Fields had at at uh, Ohio State, but I mean I don't think there's anything wrong with Kirby Smart being loyal to his guy. I don't I don't really mind that. So, yeah. You got any other thoughts on the uh, yeah. on the draft? Um, I think I don't know if you if you know who this is, but uh, the Patriots. Uh, and their first pick, they got that dude from Lenore Ryan. Yeah, uh, the, the safety, um, you know right? I'm talking yeah. about Kyle Duger, Duggar. Safety, yeah. Yeah. Um, gonna be a stud. I mean, a guy that comes from a small, a small school. Um, physical guy can make plays. Six punt returns. Uh, his senior his, in his college career. I think he fits perfect with the Patriots. A guy that's hungry, a guy that that wants to wants to play, and I think he's going to be the next like star safety, stud safety. That's really my, that's so how that that guy's my yeah. I think he's going to be absolutely one of the best players. In have the draft. you have you seen this guy play? Like, how do you know that? Because he he's coming from like a Division two school, so he probably wasn't on TV. So how how, how do you know about this guy? Well, just looking at his measurables and looking at his game tape, I heard I'm not gonna. This isn't my take, but I heard uh, I heard one of the draft analysts say to to get drafted that high from a small school, you really have to pop. And they showed some of his highlights and stuff. And man, he is just uh, he's a physical physical player. He he reminds me of like a like an Isaiah Simmons type. Like I feel like he can line up and and cover the deep end of the field, and I feel like he can come up in the box and stop the run. I just think that that all the physical tools, along with him being hungry and him being from a small school, because I mean we both went to small schools. We know we know what that that hunger's like. We didn't we didn't necessarily get handed everything. So I feel like he's getting an opportunity to play for one of the best organizations in football with one of the best coaches in football. And I think Kyle Duggar is going to be um, one of the best players steals in the draft. Okay, um, you know, he- I don't know if you know much about him, man. He came off the board before Grant Delpit. That's that's all that's all I need to know. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. Um, that's what I'm saying there, and I think I think he's uh, like I said. I think he's got ball skills, man. I think he can play. I think he can play the ball. I think you can put him back there, return punts. I think he's a steal of the draft. Um, like I said, Isaiah Simmons. I mean, he got picked eighth by the Cardinals, and I think he probably is the most talented player in the draft. So, so you like Isaiah Simmons more than Chase Young? I think Isaiah Simmons can can make more of an impact um, in different ways than Chase Young. Um, I love Chase Young. Chase Young has a special place in my heart for all his time at Ohio State. But 
I just can't get past those last three games of the season. Now I know I know it's different in college. There's in the NFL, you're gonna have another guy on the other side that that can play. But when you when you're playing your three biggest games of your your career, um, and you you have a goose egg in the sack column. Now I'm, I, he made plays in other ways, of course, but but your dominant edge rusher needs to needs to make some some big time superstar plays, and that that concerned me a little bit when when I saw that. Now I think he is going to be a Pro Bowler for years to come. But I think I I think Isaiah Simmons might, has a chance to be a little better, and now we're splitting. Oh yeah, hairs, yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, we're splitting hairs here, but I think I think let me put it this way: I think Isaiah Simmons will have a bigger impact on the Cardinals than Chase Young will have. That's on the fair. Redskins. I definitely like that. That's it's a good take. That was good, Zach. That was good. Thank you. So <laughs> you ready to to switch over and kind of talk about the uh, the last dance a little bit? Yeah, we can go ahead and do that. I mean, is there anything else that you anybody that um, anybody that stood out? I guess that anybody for you that stood out um, in the draft. Man, I mean, I I talked about this on on the last podcast, but I really loved Miami's draft. But you know, like I said, are you a Dolphins fan, dude? I am a Dolphins fan. Uh, but we we were kind of tr- tr- trying to stay quiet on that because we've been so bad for so long. You got to own that stuff, man. I just well, I mean. So so last year, you know, Jay Jay Reed knows that I'm a Dolphins fan because some some guy tweeted out like like post a gif of like your favorite NFL football team on Twitter and I, I did. I did not shy away. I put the Miami <laughs> Dolphin gif on Twitter and Jay Reed laughed at me and I was like, Hey man, you're a Redskins fan, so you can be quiet. So shout out to Jay Reed, by the way. I think the only oh, yeah. reason he likes the Redskins is because he has someone with the same name on the team. I'm actually a hundred percent sure that's why he likes him. <laughs> it would not would not surprise me in the slightest. But uh, I, I really liked uh, the Dolphins draft. Um, I really liked. Okay, the Ravens had a really good draft too. They're a team that people aren't talking about as much. Loved their draft. They took. Um, Patrick Queen in the first to help out with their linebacker problem, even though it really wasn't a problem. It was just the weakest part on their team. And they took my boy. Yeah, two of my did. boys. Two of my boys in the third. Or JK in the JK second. Dobbins. Malik in the third. Yeah. So I really liked their draft as well. They were definitely one of the better teams, I thought, in terms of drafting good players and everything like that. We got to talk about, um, since this is uh, an Arkansas based podcast. Um, we got to talk about KJ, man. Yeah, I was very surprised that he fell t- to the seventh. I think in most years he probably goes fourth or fifth round, but just because of how deep the wide receiver draft was this year, I think that's part of the reason why he fell. I know we, we were talking a little bit about it last night. You know, I just I understand he ran a four six, but he runs routes so well and. Like watching him, like you, you saw him, like he's tough to bring down out in, in the open field. Like he's not, you know, Wes Welker out there where you know you you tap him and he's probably going to go down just because he's so small. Because he's he's not a small guy, you know. Maybe he's not you know C D Lamb, but he's not you know Julian Edelman either. And so I think he's got good size for for a slot receiver. And I mean he runs good routes. He, he's going to get open. I think he's going to be you know a, a mainstay in the NFL. I don't know if he'll be like a Pro Bowler kind of guy. But he's definitely, you know, a good third option, I think, for an offense. I, I have two thoughts on KJ, man, because I watched KJ play his entire career. Um, I know his story with, with him uh, being from where, Little Rock, right? Um, and, and him playing at Ohio State, and I, 
I, I touched on this a little bit when we were doing our prep last night. Um, he, he's like one of those guys that, that, uh, kind of stood out a little more to me because of the lack of wide receiver talent at a big school. Um, I think, I think he, he, he could go either like slot receiver, like mainstay in the NFL, or he can, he can Braxton Miller a little, like he can fall off like real fast. Like I just, it's hard for me to project a guy like that when I, I, in my head, I'm thinking he has the ability, but like thinking about all of the variables and thinking about all the stuff like that, it's like, well, what do we, what don't we know? Like what, why did he get picked in the seventh? You know what I mean? Like there's gotta be something where, where teams were like, okay, he doesn't, he just doesn't have it, but I hope the best for him. I want my Buckeyes to, to, to play in the NFL for as long as they can, but something, something's pulling me in the direction of maybe this was the way, the right way. Like maybe seventh round, give him a shot is, is the way to go. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I'm probably biased just cause you know, he is from Arkansas and I know people who know him. And I've only heard good things about him. Shout so out Danny maybe Mitchell. That's, yeah, <laughs> Danny Mitchell. <laughs> so um, I I really like him. Uh, I saw him play in high school, and I just remember just how good he was. Maybe that's part of the reason why I think he's going to be so good. But at the same time, like I know you're not into the whole college records thing, but you know you hold the 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 record for most receptions ever at Ohio State. Like that is. That's no like small thing, you know. Like, that's a big deal. I, I know you talk about the lack of wide receiver talent, and that's definitely a part of it. But you know, to go and play, you know, in a power at a power five school and start as a freshman and play well, and then sustain that play through all four years, I think that that definitely says something. And I just, you're right. Like, there's got to be something else there outside of the four six forty that he ran. I just don't know what that is, and right. you know, maybe right. you know we'll. We'll go out there week one and, and we'll see it, but we don't. I don't really know what it is. You know who he reminds me of? Who? He's like the football version of Malik Monk. Okay, I, explain I, that one. I'm. I'm tr- <laughs> I mean, an Arkansas guy. Everybody wanted him to go to Arkansas. Commits to the big time D one program. Uh, goes and balls out. Really, like they both had yeah, really good yeah. careers at their respective schools. But I, I don't see the I don't see the jump happening per se, and I wish okay. you know what I mean. You see what I'm saying? Like kind of kind of get That's into fair. the league and sputter out a little bit. But um, that KJ's my guy. I hope him. I wish he I wish he has a great career. But there's just something there that I can't get past to to, to justify um, me saying that I think he's going to be uh, a good NFL player, which sounds terrible. Like I'm, I'm, it sounds like I'm dissing him, but I'm really not. I'm just, I, it's just my opinion. Yeah, you're, you're good. I, I, I can definitely understand, you know, being a little apprehensive on him just because, you know, he, he did fall, but and man, I've seen I, him play a lot. That's the thing too. Yeah, you have. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing. Like, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of his big games, like every, you know, big, big 10 championship and every college football playoff game he's played in. I've watched, and then I've watched him probably play every every time you guys played uh, played Michigan over the last four years. Those are the only times I've really seen him play. Whereas I know you, on the other hand, have probably seen forty of the forty eight games he's played. Every single game, and he's good. He's good, but there's just there's some, there's something there. Anyway, we're running we're running in circles with KJ. So we are. Shout out to KJ. Right. Last dance. You ready? Yeah, let's get it. Okay, I, I want to open with this take because I think it's absolutely money. I we'll, cannot we'll see wait. what you think. 
So, you know, the old this older generation kind of has a lack of love for LeBron James. Is, that's that's definitely f- fair to say. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, and as I'm watching the uh, the the uh, the last dance last night, I, I think I think I know why. So, you know, they they talk about how, you know, when before the Pistons won their two championships, they had to go and they had to figure out a way to beat the uh, the, uh, the the Boston Celtics, right? And then for the Bulls to get to their championship, they had to figure out how to beat the Pistons, right? And then so on and so forth. You know, every team kind of has the one team that that they have to figure out how to beat. So for LeBron, it was it was the Celtics, right? The the, the 08 Celtics. And when you look at you know the Pistons and the Bulls, what did they do? They they came together and they worked kind of as a team. They improved and eventually, they they beat whoever was in their way. Whereas with LeBron, I definitely think that this older generation thinks he didn't do that. He just took the the easy way out and ran down down to South Beach for help. Whereas I don't think that that's the narrative. If Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade go to Cleveland. Right, because then you then you, then you can pull the string of well the the Cavaliers management they they did their job they went and got two really good players but because he went to Miami it looks like he just kind of ran away and took and took the 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 easy way out in addition to that you know you see Michael Jordan a big part of the reason why they won their six is because of, of Phil Jackson right and he had to buy into this new system whereas with LeBron he doesn't have to do that because if he doesn't like the coach he just says hey GM I don't like the coach. And then they have to change. And so I think that there's a lack of maybe respect there because of just the way that he goes about some things. Is that is that fair to say? I think that is um, actually really like an intriguing thought. Um, I think that's that's actually very, very uh, – that's a good take. So congratulations, Jay Smith, on that one. Um, <laughs> but I think I think maybe it's just people, people just – don't want to like see it yet. Like I don't, I think my whole thing is I'm looking down the line, bigger picture. What, when that LeBron documentary comes out. Oh, trust me. Oh, it's, I think it's going to be the same thing, honestly. But to your because... point, to your point, I think that, um, I think a hundred percent, I think if LeBron gets that talent to Cleveland instead of moving to Miami, I think people have a little bit different uh, opinion on that whole thing. Um, but I mean, like, like you said, though, the the Celtics there. I mean, they're the one that started doing that. They're the ones that, they're the ones that kind of forced LeBron's hand to team up with those guys. It wasn't like LeBron was was like, like dominating like them and then decided to team up. Like they they forced his hand a little bit. He had to make something happen if he wanted to win. Yeah, I definitely agree. He had to go get help. I just think that there's a little bit of of a difference though because. Like Paul Pierce and Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett were all past their primes. You know, it wasn't like they were all twenty eight, like like LeBron and Wade and Bosch doing it. They were all like mid thirties, so it wasn't like 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 they were at the peak of their careers. That's where I think that that the the difference is found. Because like you know, Ke- Kevin Garnett, like the prime of his career was spent with with the Timberwolves. You know, and then he he obviously he wasn't washed up because he was still you know a good player, but he was he was definitely on the back end of his career. Right. I don't, I think, I think during this quarantine and stuff, they've played a couple of those, um, like Celtics Lakers games, uh, and stuff like that. And I, 
I don't know how you can't say they were in their primes, dude. They were balling. All three of them were absolutely balling. I mean, yeah. I thought that they, like... Don't don't get me wrong. If they're like, see what, LeBron's what, 35 yeah, now? something like that. And we, we can see, like, he, he can still play. So they probably weren't 35. They were probably, like, 33-ish, somewhere in there. Whereas, like, like they'd have been even better if they had all come together and played together at, like, 25, 26, 27, 28, kind of like... LeBron and Wade and Bosch did. I just think that there's there's a small little difference there in terms of just the age and in terms of like being in your prime. Yeah. Um, but I I think when you get down to it, man, I think the difference between the opinion on Michael Jordan and the opinion on on LeBron, I think I think you get down to the fact that there's such like a, a mythical like like aura about Jordan because he's no longer playing. Um, and, and you, ha- you hear all these stories and, and all these things and you watch this, this documentary and there's just this big, like, like aura, this cloud around him, like this greatness around him. And I think, I think we haven't hit that point with, with Braun yet because he's still, he's in, he's in it. He's still doing it right now. Like he's still playing. His story's not over yet. I think, I think after a while you, with anything, with any story, with any, any player, it ages better after after it's you sit on it for a little bit and you can look back at, at the finished product and say, okay, that's that's impressive. Look at all the things he accomplished. Look at all the things he's done. I just think people aren't ready yet uh, to to fully see LeBron's greatness. And I am a LeBron guy, like I'm the LeBron guy. <laughs> but and and I don't want it to seem like I'm I'm hating on Jordan because he's the he's top two. He's second in my opinion. Like he yeah. he's. You can't take that away from him. I mean, the, oh, the documentary is, is amazing. I love watching it. I love basketball. I love Michael Jordan. I love that Bulls team. Like, it's so good to be able to go back and watch stuff like that that I didn't get a chance to see. But I think I think it comes down to the fact that LeBron's story is not over yet, and I think people in the older generation um, uh, got to sit on Mike for a little bit and got to, got to yeah. really appreciate it after he was done playing and, and really think about it. I think when LeBron gets that chance and people can finally sit down and, and take a breath and stop the hate and stop the, the, the stuff like that, I think they'll be like, I think they'll be like, man, we, we should have appreciated that a little more. Like, look what all he did. Yeah. Well, he's definitely helped the league in terms of players having a voice. Cause that's something that, you know, like, like if this ninety seven ninety eight Bulls team was today, this wouldn't be happening because the players have so much more impact, and that is because of LeBron, and that's something that I've really kind of commended him on because he's had. I think that another thing that kind of separates LeBron and Jordan is that like LeBron has had more projects throughout his career that maybe aren't basketball related. Like you know he's got the movie coming out, and he he started the school in Ohio, and those are all great things. Like not not knocking him for that, but whereas you know I think that another thing that people really like about Jordan is that he was all basketball, all the time. And we kind of have this this image that that's how, like, our goats are supposed to be, right? Like, when you see Tom Brady, like, he's all football all the time, right? And LeBron isn't that. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's, Well, he that's is, though, good. man. He really is, dude. He's always there. He's Basketball is his number one focus, his number one priority. He's always working. Just be, like, Just because he's, like, he's not, like, angry and, like, sad and, like, has, like, like just stuff like, you know what I mean? Like there's a person yeah, yeah. like even Tom Brady is, is it like I'm, he does stuff too, like on the side, like Mike was just like, 
that, he's just that different. angry man that just wanted to kill you, like wanted to like. And I think LeBron and, and guys like that have that too, but they're just they just go about it differently. And I, and you're talking about like the off the court stuff and and things like that. I try my hardest to to separate that when I when I when I talk about the two and strictly talk about basketball. And man, uh, if we're being honest, it's after watching the first four episodes, it's 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 real close. Like, yeah, it, it, like they're, they're different. Like when it comes to, to playing basketball, they are different people. Like they are, they are head and shoulders different. Even watching them play the magic or playing magic and stuff like that on the highlights and stuff. Magic was, I don't, I mean, you'd have to have more than that, but it just looks like Jordan and LeBron are just in their own class. Oh, agreed. I, I definitely think that they are. You can see it. That's I, yeah, it's you not can. really like a hot take, but the fact that you can just see it, like you, you don't have to really think about it. You're just like, wow, that's different. Like what he just did was different. Yeah. You know, like you see, you know, some of these highlights where Jordan will go up to shoot a layup or something. And he'll, he'll, he'll get to the top and the, the, the defender will meet him there. And Jordan just sits there for a whole other second. Like that is just like, I, I know you love LeBron, but I've never seen LeBron do anything like that. Just kind of the hang time, but then again, obviously, you know, LeBron, LeBron That's just has tools. LeBron will yam on your dome. <laughs> but obviously, you know, LeBron has his his different skill set. One thing I will say, I would definitely argue that Michael Jordan's game looks smoother than LeBron's. Is that? Do you think that's that's a fair argument? Yeah, I'll 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 give that to you. I think I think the physical um, aspect of it, the size and stuff, kind of kind of plays into that. I don't think. LeBron, I don't think LeBron needs to be as um, as smooth because uh, he's a freight train. Uh, yeah, definitely. But that's part of it, though. Like, I mean, the aesthetic of watching watching someone play, like, there's there's beauty in watching Michael Jordan hit that fadeaway shot or, or that that free throw line shot that he made last night in the documentary against the Cavs. Like, there's a lot of there's skill and unbelievable skill in that, but there's also there's also something to say about a six nine man at two hundred and eighty pounds going as fast as any guard in the league down the lane and dunking like that. Like oh, definitely, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, one hundred percent, no doubt. But back to like the actual documentary last night. The yeah, stuff on Rodman, the stuff on Rodman, I thought was absolutely fascinating. Hey, coach, let me get a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I need that vacation in the middle of the season real quick. <laughs> no Load management. I mean, he started it. I, when it comes to that stuff, we both played team sports, right? And Yes, uh, we did. We, we've we seen a bunch of different personalities and things like that, right? I, I, I know and, you have. And, and I, think, I think that uh, a guy like Rodman, based on his background, how he came up, um, I think that you just have to handle different guys differently. Yeah, and and Phil Jackson did a great job of that. Right, he's a Zen master. Um, I think I think people uh, will see that and be like, like that's not how you should act. Like that's not like that's not what you should do. But it's like some guys respond to things differently. Like me and you, um, kind of like underdogs, right? Like when it came to our athletic careers. Oh, and stuff most like definitely, that. yeah. And and like if somebody got in our get gotten our butts or whatever and yelled at us we responded that that made us go and yeah. a guy like Rodman who's had had some things happen in his life where um 
he, he kind of has the personality to push back on that kind of stuff. I think you have to give him some rope. Steve Kerr said it last night in the interview. He said, he said Michael and, and Phil gave him a lot of rope. And I think for him to play at his best, I think he needed stuff like that. I think they, it was more of like a, a, do you trust me type of thing? Like, do you actually believe in me? Like, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, most, oh, definitely. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think that, you know, you have to manage players differently, and that's just kind of – I definitely think that, you know, in the NBA or just coaching any professional sport, you're not really coaching. It's more managing egos and managing players like that. And obviously, you know, Phil Jackson, he did, you know, a great job of doing that with the with the whole team, you know, just in general. So I think it's, I think it's super interesting. Uh, I think people forget that he was on the bad boy Pistons and he was playing yeah, Michael and, I know. and Scotty. Like. Yeah, I definitely think that – and just the way that Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan accepted him, even though he played for for the Bad Boy Pistons, and you know, as we saw in, in the documentary last night, Michael Jordan still hates those guys. <laughs> really, and just like, the fact genuinely that genuinely hates yes. them. And just the way that he still accepted Rodman, and the way you know that the entire team did, just shows you know how committed they were, you know, to winning. Because there's a lot there. I mean, it could have been a very easy thing for them to shut him out and and to to not have him be a part of, of the team. And then, I mean, you look back at it and he, I mean, we talk about Jordan and Pippen as winners. I mean, Rodman. Yeah. He's got Rodman's five, a like we, <laughs> he's we got five to, championships. Like, like, yeah. Like that's, that's crazy. Rodman, Rodman played on two teams that are historically like considered some of the best teams ever. And like, he yep. was a, he was the big defender. He was the guy that, that was on your best player rebounded, did all the things that, that guys like Jordan and Pippen could do, but needed needed someone else to do to be successful. Yeah, and a little shout-out there to the the GAC, Planet, Planet Southeastern Oklahoma. Yes, shout-out to the GAC. I love the GAC. Averaging, uh, he averaged 27 points in college. Except SAU. Uh, but he... Uh, <laughs> He he uh he he what? He averaged twenty seven points in college. You didn't hear that? He averaged twenty seven points and fourteen rebounds. Jeez, I mean, that's, I know. I mean, that's all you need to know. I mean, yeah, a guy I mean, that can score. I mean, he he didn't even need to. He just impacted the game in so many different ways, and he he uh, he really like made a way for guys like that. I feel like like he was really like. He was the guy that made defense and rebounding and, and not necessarily being the scorer kind of cool. You know yeah, I mean? definitely. 100%. You know, they, you know, he had games or he had a couple games where he'd go out and grab 30 rebounds and not score. And that was just cool insane. for him. Like that was, that was, an, that was a good game for him. He didn't care. Like he didn't. And you know, just the fact that, you know, he just talked, he just talked about embracing his role. Like that was what he did. He's like, look, he goes, I'm not a scorer. So I'm just going to go out here and do what I do well, which is rebound and play defense. And he, he did that. And I definitely, you know, commend him on that because a lot of guys, you know, when, when they make it in the league, they're like, I want to score, you know, make make a name for myself. And he did doing what he did best, you know, rebounding and, and playing defense. I want to I want to talk about um, those first couple years of uh, the like the first two episodes when they're they're talking about um, his, his rise, Jordan's rise. Right. So yes, I thought it was interesting, uh, to see, like, I mean, I know I'm bringing it back to LeBron, but LeBron had all this hype, right? He had all this, uh, yes, he did. This, yeah. This like, he's, he's got to live up to these expectations and stuff. Uh, Jordan, I mean, for didn't a while, have it that. was like, didn't have them. And it, he kind of, 
he was never he wasn't the like the best right away like he wasn't he wasn't like the top recruit he wasn't the number one pick I mean I he, think, he 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 went to North Carolina and was the number three overall pick in the draft like that right, like I, I agree like he's definitely not on the same level as as LeBron but I think part of that is because you know when LeBron was coming up that was kind of the start of social media it was definitely easier to hear about these guys come in whereas when Michael came out you know they had you know car phones and stuff you know it was definitely harder to hear about these prospects before they came out so I would definitely attribute some of that to just the times that that they came up I I think that's fair but but to what I to my point though I was thinking I was thinking more along the lines of like I think that's what created that that chip you know that that like that edge that he had I think being being uh having to really like scratch and claw for that type of stuff really made him uh want to work harder and make him explode like that because I I mean if he if he just came in and and was just had all this hype around him do you think he's Michael Jordan like that we know like do you think that that he's the Michael Jordan we know that's intense and wants to kill you and or do you think he's like he's a little more like LeBron because he's had he's had it LeBron had it a little easier and had a you know what I mean I I, I think I think I like to look at stuff from like in high school when he did he get cut man cuz I hear that like he, didn't get, he just so he, didn't make varsity like Yeah he so the the story is that he didn't make his varsity team his sophomore year so he played JV and they had wow. more people show they had more people show up to watch the JV games to watch him play than they had people show up to watch the varsity Okay so maybe maybe I'm a little wrong here maybe I'm wrong but I just think that there's a little bit of um of like disrespect he felt a little maybe is, is Definitely. What, the, what I'm yeah. looking for. And it kind of propelled him into what he was. When I, I, I agree to. with that because, you know, they hear, I don't know if you remember from the, uh, the first two episodes, you know, when they draft him, uh, Jerry Krause comes out and says, uh, it says, yeah, you know, he's only six, six. Do we wish he was seven foot? Of course. But I mean, he's still really good. And, you right. know, that was back in the time in the NBA where the thought was you can't win without a big man. Crazy. And obviously, obviously <laughs> they were wrong. <laughs> Crazy thought. So I just, I definitely think that, I think that's another reason why you know some maybe some of this this older generation doesn't love love LeBron as much because it's definitely fair to say he hasn't lived up to the expectations right because you know he he comes in the league and we're like next Jordan very possible, and then you know obviously you know given the finals history and everything you know he hasn't won every single one he's you only won three. Lived up to expectations, John? I'm just saying I'm just saying. I'm just saying that his career definitely could be better, right? Didn't beat Dallas. That's that's a winnable series. That's I mean, there weird. there are definitely some. You could definitely argue that there are some some blimps kind of in his career. The Mavericks thing is unexcusable. I, can't, I don't know how to explain it, man. Like I I you can have that one. If someone brings up that finals against the Mavs, it's like, well, what what can I say? You know. But at the same time, <clears throat> would you rather would you rather him make the finals or lose in the first round or second round? Like, yeah, why is I, it weighted I, I different? Why yeah. is a finals loss treated uh, like it's a bad thing when, um, I mean, Jordan was struggling to make it out of the first and second round for a long time. 
Yeah, that's that's definitely you know, a fair point, but Eastern Conference, I get it. The Eastern Conference was weak. I, get I, it. I wasn't I wasn't gonna say that. I was just gonna say that you know during those times, you know the one year, you know he gets hurt and misses like sixty something games, and he comes back and plays one of the greatest teams ever in the in the Boston Celtics. I don't see how that's any different than than LeBron losing to Golden State when they had when they had uh, when they had a uh, KD and those guys, right? right. Because like it's, you're playing against one of the best teams ever, your roster clearly isn't as good. So I just I don't really think that you can because if we're gonna you know talk like that, then you can't really knock him on that. If we're gonna give him a pass for if we're gonna give LeBron a pass for getting beat by by the Warriors. When it comes down to it, man, it, with with everything that that we have, all the information we have, it's so hard to like to give like a argument one way or the other. Oh, Cause definitely. Like, cuz there's so many day there's so many things for LeBron, there's so many things for Michael. I know we're talking about the last dance, but I had to get my LeBron stuff off. Oh, you're so. good. I I figured this would happen. <laughs> <laughs> um I just think in regards to the documentary and stuff, I think it's awesome. I think they show a lot of things that that me and you her big time sports guys would like would die to see cuz we weren't there to watch it and 100%, yeah. And I think that there's a lot of people that are going to think uh, that my, my original take when I watched the first two episodes were it's going to it's going to kill that mystique. It's going to kill that that aura. I feel like it's going to show some things that on the negative side of things. But now after the reaction of the first four episodes, it's like it seems like it's getting a little bigger. Like I see on Twitter, people are, are switching over to MJ's the goat and all this <laughs> stuff. And, so it had the it had the opposite reaction of what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, uh, but at well, the same I, time, I still think it's I think it's dope that that we get to see this, especially right now. Like, I definitely think it's awesome. And the the one thing that I really really like about it is I was kind of when they announced the documentary, I'm like, okay, this is going to be all about Michael Jordan because that's what people really care about. But it's not. You know, they've done they did really good talking about Scottie Pippen. They did really good talking about Rodman and Phil Jackson. So I'm just very pleased that it's not just, hey, here's Michael Jordan for, for, for 10 episodes. You know, it's really about the whole team. They talk about Jerry Krause. They talk about all that. Speaking of which, yeah, Michael Jordan, you. greatest, greatest trash talker ever. Just, oh, he's just the stuff he says to Krause. And you know he was, he was talking to guys on the court too. Just the Krause stuff. I just, I, they did I, him dirty, I don't like man. the guy. They did well, him wrong. I was, I was talking to my dad last week uh, on the pod about it, and everybody knew at the time that people that that they didn't like Kraus just because you know he's, I mean he's the whole reason why they broke up. You know, so that's why people right. are, are upset with him. And I mean, you know, when you break up one of the greatest dynasties ever, and in all the sports, you know, people are going to be mad at you. That's just kind of how it is. They they treated him wrong, man. Like they the things they would do, it's Pippin especially the the whole berating him and, and crossing lines and stuff. I mean, yeah, it's definitely unacceptable. But are you there I, without him? Are you there without Jerry Krause? Like, I mean, do you, do you have that success without him pulling the strings? Maybe I think that no, you don't have you you don't. I mean, if you have the same team, then yeah, right. I but just who, he, who put the team together? Yeah, I I hundred percent agree, but. I think that the problem with Kraus, and they, they made this kind of clear in the first two episodes, is that like he wanted the credit and he wasn't getting it, and so basically out of like being upset, he he broke the whole team up, which is After six childish. Titles. Yeah, but I just you know if you watch, so when when they beat the Pistons right in '91, you you see the clip on the plane of like Kraus dancing with Pippen and and all that, 
and then you know they then in the first two episodes you kind of see the comparison of just how much they hated him, right? And you know I don't blame Pippen for being upset because look, he was the one hundred and he was paid the he was like one of the lowest paid players in the league, and he was a top five guy in the league at the time. And Kraus wouldn't give him a raise or anything, and then he talked about trading him. I just think that Pippen felt very betrayed by Kraus, and that's that that's not an excuse to, to berate him. But I'm just saying I could understand being upset. I think that whole thing's on Pippen, to be honest with you. Like, you signed it. You knew what the possibilities were. You you knew that you could be underpaid. You knew all that, like, when you signed the deal. Agreed. You, but- I, mean, I mean, when you sign a contract as, as terrible or, or as bad as you might think it is later down the line, you agreed to it. And, and at the time, I don't think it's that bad of a deal, considering I don't think – uh, the money was like it was today. I mean, when you really look at it, I mean, yeah, he was the 122nd paid player, but there wasn't the same amount of money that that's in the league now. He I agree. did agree. To, he did agree to it. Um, what is it, Ryan, Jerry Reinsdorf? Is that his name, the owner? Yes, I believe so. That, that sounds he, right. He he even said like you shouldn't sign this. Uh, like, and then for him to he acted like a baby. Like for real, like at like when they were showing that he acted like a baby, like he made his own bed, and instead of instead of owning up to it and laying in his own bed, he he acted like a baby, and it, yeah. it almost cost him. It almost cost him pretty big. Like it, it luckily did, yeah. he came to his senses, but like I think he, I think that's on him, and I don't. I think Jerry Krause, uh, all in all, got a pretty pretty raw deal out of this whole thing. He's the one that. That pulled the strings. Obviously, I don't agree that that organizations win game like players win games. Obviously, but he yeah. put them there. And so what if he wanted a little credit, man? He, yeah, he I, deserved it. Definitely, I would just you know great point about the money thing because that's that's kind of what I said last week. Is like, look, like he, he signed the contract, but he didn't have to go off and shot Pippen. I that was definitely low. Like he's he's helped bring you five titles. You can't go out and shop him and and try and trade him. Belichick does that. Belichick just did that. But there's there's a difference between like Be- Belichick never would have been like actually never mind yeah he he did go out and try and trade Gronk that that's what I'm saying like that that's not a that I, it's not he Jerry Jerry Krause used a lot of 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 modern day GM skills like he he was like that's the reason they were so successful in my opinion because he was a little more advanced when it came to how to run a team and how to how to think about it when it comes to, to roster management and player personnel. And I think I think people are just hearing that he tried to trade people when people are – general managers everywhere now are, are open to trading anyone at any time for the right price. That, that's fair. I just think that, you know, when you talk about that team, though, like they weren't good enough to win a championship without, without Pippen, right? And I think that's really where it kind of struck a nerve with guys like Jordan because, you know – Jordan is whatever it takes to win, and he like knowing like we can't win without Scottie Pippen. You trade him away, you're basically trading away your, your shot at, at a title, which is the ultimate goal, right? Yeah, I mean, but but it never it never happened, right? It never materialized. Obviously, we know that. But I mean, what do you think? Do you think he was just going to trade him for pennies? Or do oh, you think- definitely. I I 100 agree. I don't think he would have traded him without getting you know a huge load, right? But. Still, like he's not you know, a he's, dumb. Per- he's not. Dumb. Oh yeah, he's not. I mean, clearly, you know, he drafted Michael Jordan, tra- traded for Scottie Pippen. You know, he he did all those things. Like you're right. Like he 100 percent deserves some of the credit. 
I just don't understand. Hey, here's you know a, a top five guy in the league. Like what? Like what could you trade for that could be better than Scottie Pippen at the time? You know that that's kind of my question. You put it like that, Jonathan Smith, and I kind of, I kind of see where you're coming from there, and I don't like that I see where you're coming from today. I feel like this entire time I've been trying to find holes in your arguments, and I think you've gotten a lot better. Telling you, man, I've, I'm so much better. Like it's been like a whole year since we've talked about sports. Like it, the the improvement is is crazy. I and and the the worst part is is like I want to disagree like with a lot like everything and and I just find myself agreeing with you and it just tears me up inside. I hope you know that. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Um, you know. When uh, if if I ever you know make it big, you're 100 percent coming on. Um, whatever it's on, it's it's gonna happen. <laughs> Hi, this is this is the first time I've ever done something like this. I was kind of I was super nervous this morning and last night. Uh, I was like doing a lot of preparation and, and looking at a lot of things and, um, you know, I know this is something you can do, man. Like this is something that I know you can do and I think you'll be good at it. And it's something that I want to try to do as well. Definitely. Uh, you know, I mean, look, I'm down to have you on whenever because this has been absolutely fantastic. I think it's just easy to talk to you, bro. Just because we know each other, we we've had it, we've had a relationship in the past, uh, a friendship in the past, and um, it's just it was just easy to come on here, man, and just and just shoot it with you, you know. Yeah, def- it was fun too, man. We we haven't done this in a while, so. Uh, I mean, you got- to give to give whoever listens to this a little backstory. Uh, if you made it this far, if you were if you wanted to hear, if you were done <laughs> hearing me ramble. Uh, me and Jay Smith, uh, I, I was a, I was a coach at, at Henderson state when he was playing, when he came up, when he was playing baseball. And, um, I mean, it was almost daily. He would come in with the, with the fresh new scorching take about sports. And every single day I hated it. And I would just argue and argue and argue. And, and he, uh, <laughs> he came out a long way, bro. I watched, I, I was listening into to a couple of the stuff earlier and, and man, you have, uh, you've done your research, you've done your study, and it's awesome to yeah. see. You know, so if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that during football season, I'll pick games, right? Like, I'm picking every game every week. This started because of, of Zach Gray. <laughs> so he was talking, he, he came out and said something like, Andy Dalton's a, a top 10 quarterback in the league. And we see how, how that turned out. But basically, I, I make the point that he's not. And Zach Gray looks at me and says, you don't know anything about football. I said, Fine. <laughs> I started doing those picks, and that was kind of really all, all, uh, all, all she wrote from there. So I've definitely got you to thank for wanting to to pursue this. So I remember, I remember we did those bowl picks that one year, and I don't think yours like uh, I didn't fill mine out. I don't, I don't, or something, and I, so it, it said it said I got them all wrong, and you so gave I just me... I just ran with it and said you didn't get any wrong or get any right. And, that's right. That's, and, yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of what started. I was just like Jonathan Smith, you couldn't pick you couldn't pick UAB in Florida Atlantic. Like you couldn't even get that right. <laughs> he didn't he didn't insert his picks, but yeah, man, it's that was fun. I I really hope uh I really hope you enjoyed having me on. I'd love oh, to dude, do it again. you were great. Um. You guys, any final thoughts about anything in the sports world? Um, I think that we're in uh, times that we have no information. Um, so when we get stuff like the Last Dance and we get stuff like the draft, I think um, I think we should just appreciate that, and we should really, um, especially in our sports world that we love, I think 
um, stuff like that isn't isn't taken lightly from from I know especially from our perspectives I mean we appreciate that stuff but um, I just hope everything gets back to normal soon and so I can talk about actual games so <laughs> yeah we, so we actually talk about baseball we can talk about you know hopefully you know the, the NBA finals are, is still going to happen um, hopefully you know college football isn't delayed which I don't think it will be it makes too much money so we'll see I'm like I'm with you. Hopefully, you know things can get can get back up and running really soon. So that's gonna do it here. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in and, and listening. Uh, Zach, I had so much fun having you on, man. It was oh, it was great. So uh, that's that's gonna do it here here from us here here at Overtime Takes. So you guys have a great day.